your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Wednesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thanks for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen every day. You know, we're always free and available on all platforms. Um, the biggest thing that I wanted to touch on to start today's episode is the continued excellence of Tristan Jari. I know I touched on this. Um, a lot on my late night episode for Tuesday for my game recap, but um, he really has been ridiculous to start this season. Uh, he is fourth in goals saved above expected, 4.6. Sergei Bobrovsky leaves everyone with three, 6.2. Igor Shosturkin of the Rangers at 5.2. Thomas Grice of the Red Wings at 4.8. And then Tristan Jari at 4.6. So fourth among all goalies. Yes, I know it's three games played, but this is all you can really ask for. His goals saved above expected per 60. He is fourth in that as well. Well, um, he's I, actually, no, he's not fourth in that. Let me um, do that ranking real quick here. Um, he is still in the top 10, 1.494 uh, per 60. I think he's actually right around number nine or number 10 in that regard. So he's still doing good with that. He also has one of the best save percentages on unblocked shots. He's 964. Um, for reference, that's better than Sergei Bobrovsky, um, who leads the league in goal save above expected. Right, right up there with Anton Forsberg, Jonas Corposalo, um, Shesterkin, Thomas Grice. So um, he literally has been insane. You know, 1.62 goals against average. And here's a stat that's even more interesting. His he has a 1.49 goals against average better than expected. Wins about replacement 0.77. So it's he's almost worth one more win than was expected of him coming into this season. And his high danger unblocked shot attempt save percentage is 909. For reference, that's better than Thomas Grace, who's at 857. Better than Igor Shosturkin, who's at 875. And that's better than Bobrovsky, who's at 722. And it's better than Vitek Vanacek, who's playing well in Washington right now. So I think those are all the stats that I wanted to uh, throw at you all. Well, actually, there's one more. He is second in the league in goals he both expected while shorthanded. For reference, he was dead last in that regard for last season. So all of these stats just show how great he has been in his first few starts. And I would keep riding him until the wheels fall off a little bit. He has been the Penguins' best player to start the season. And I don't think it's particularly close. You know, I said it on my last night episode. I'll say it again here. I understand that people are pessimistic about it just because of what happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think that, you know, I've seen some people on some other shows or something like that or some other fans kind of just rooting against him because he's not Marc-Andre Fleury or, you know, you hate him just because of what happened last season. And don't get me wrong, you know, I was very upset with how he played and I was calling for him to not be the starter this year. But Ron Hextall and Brian Burke made a choice. They replaced the goalie coach. And so far, Andy Kyoto is doing his job. I mean, the results have been promising through the first week of the season. Obviously, very small sample size. Let's see where we are in about another week's time, potentially a month's time, a couple months to see. Definitely to see where we are at Christmas, right? I mean, that's really the big early season benchmark for where teams are at. So I'm just excited that he's keeping the team in games, giving them a chance to win on a nightly basis. This has honestly been, I think, a dream start for your Penguins this season. You know, everything that 
we all wanted out of them through the first four games. I think we've gotten, you know, 2-0 and and 2. You've gotten points in all four games, 6 out of 8 points overall. I said it last night as well. I would have taken that with a fully healthy lineup, and you're damn right I'm especially going to take it when the two big guns are out, plus Brian Rust, who is week-to-week, and obviously, you know, Mark Freeman is also day-to-day with an unspecified injury. And I also have no problem with the way they've played. I think in the, what, 14 periods that they've played this season, I think they've only been outplayed for about two of them. They were outplayed in the first period last night against Dallas. The Panthers, they were outplayed in the first period of that game. Third period, I think it was even. I know the Panthers won in overtime, but the Penguins also had some great chances in that overtime. It's really just been two periods at the least, maybe three at the most out of the 14 they've played. I mean, they have outplayed the opposition fairly effectively um, in these four games so far. You know, there has really not been that stinker game that a lot of people were expecting or stinker games that a lot of people were expecting with the amount of talent that the Penguins have been missing to start the season. So this really is as good of a start as we all could have hoped for, especially because they're top five in points right now. And now that um, I mentioned this, so the Locked On NHL's Twitter account just tweeted out the power rankings for this week around the NHL. Actually, it's the full Locked On account. And your Pittsburgh Penguins have risen 10 spots in the last week. They are number two behind the Florida Panthers. I'm not surprised. You know, this is honestly a week that I didn't vote on them. You know, I kind of just forgot to do it. But the fact that the rest of the network is that high on the Penguins speaks volumes. I mean, this is a very good team. They're deep. They're fast. They forecheck hard. They've gotten really good goaltending, and the defense has been awesome as well. And I want you all to check out this stat that I have for real. You know, Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports posted this on his Twitter page, and I'm going to share this on the podcast with you all. So the Pittsburgh 5v5 defense, looking at Micah Blake McCurdy stuff from Hockey Viz, if you're not subscribed to his stuff, please go do it if you're trying to get into um, analytics and the advanced stats of hockey. He is well worth your time. So the Penguins have played 164 minutes at 5v5 with Tristan Jari on the ice. And the expected goals against per 60 in the defensive zone, 1.53. That is one of the best marks in the league. And there is a whole lot of blue surrounding the front of the net and all of the high danger areas and even a lot of the medium danger areas as well. I mean, they are not letting anyone shoot near Tristan Jari. The only places where the players are really getting their looks from Jari, it's around, you know, the left side of the point, a little bit above the right circle, and then a little bit above the left circle as well. There is nothing in front of the net, there's nothing from the actual circles, and there's nothing even, you know, 15, 20 feet out. Um, The Penguins defense has done a tremendous job limiting the amount of chances that they've given up, and this is also something that I've touched on a lot, you know, coming into the season is that when the Penguins are shorthanded, they tend to play some of their best defensive hockey of the season, and you're definitely seeing that right now with that 1.53 expected goals against per 60 while Tristan Jari is on the ice. They are trying to make it as easy as possible for him while he's playing, especially after what happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Islanders. And they are doing that to a T right now and not getting, not allowing, excuse me, the elite players on the other teams to get near Jari for some high danger scoring chances. So I'm going to be curious to see how that continues. Um, when Cindy Crosby comes back, he was not at practice today. We're going to get into um, some notes from practice later on in today's episode, but it is nice to see how great defensively this team has been to start the season. I was kind of expecting it, just again, because 
they dumb their game down a little bit when the big guns are out. But I guess I didn't expect it to be this freaking good right out of the gate. And real quickly, before I do get to a commercial break, I do want to say this. I touched on a little bit last night. Chris Letang is playing like a top five defenseman in hockey right now. He has a 2.3 points per 60, which is one of the best marks in the league for defensemen. 18 shot attempts while he's on the ice. That's a freaking great number. Eight of those were shots on goal. Overall, he's also on the ice for 51% of the shot attempts. So that's really good. Uh, the expected goals percentage while he's on the ice for the Penguins, 56.5%. The team off the ice only has a 52.6% expected goals percentage. So obviously Latang is going to drive that up a whole lot while he's on the ice just because he's one of the best at his position in the league and he's playing like it so far. All of those stats come to you via moneypuck.com. That site is free to use if you want to dive into some more underlying numbers a little bit. But I wanted to... End the first segment by giving a shout out to Chris Letang. The hashtag Letang cult is in full swing to start the season. And, you know, just some of his defensive work last night was magical. I mean, you know, just that two on one in overtime, put getting his stick in the lane and then was able to send it back the other way. I think that was a three minute shift for Tanger as well. He's just been ridiculous this season. And if he keeps playing like this, he's going to start to get, I think, some Norris love by the end of the season. That's for sure. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions that you had for the Locked On Penguins Twitter account, and we're also going to go over some practice notes a bit later on in the show as well. But before we do get to that, did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. If you don't know the flavors, there's coconut, cherry barkia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, which is my favorite. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and as always, all healthy. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to some of the listener questions that you had for me today. I'll start here with Fiona. Um, what are your thoughts on how John Marino has been playing this season? I think you said softer this season, but I wouldn't really say he's been too soft. I guess you're just wondering how he's been this season. Overall, I mean, it's been night and day, I think, for him. And a lot of that has to do with him playing with his usual partner in Marcus Pedersen, who has been a stalwart on the defensive group this entire season as well. You know, Tar Reardon confirmed today after practice that he sees that pairing staying intact for a while. And it's like, hey, thank God. You know, the, the results are showing it. The numbers are showing why they should be sticking together. And we all know what we're going to get with Marino. He, he defends his line better than a lot of people on this team. I think, honestly, probably Chris Letang and Brian Dumoulin are the only two better than Marino in that regard. And that's usually his bread and butter. But we want to see more of his offense. And we saw that last night when he did not go back up to the point. He read the play when Brock McGinn was getting that one-timer, came down a little bit, and then was able to roof the rebound Top cheese over Braden Holtby. That's a play that he was not making last year or a play that he probably didn't know he could make. But, you know, with Pedersen back there covering for him, Marino knew that he could stay down there a little bit in the offensive zone and take a little bit of a risk. And that paid out in a big way. And I think that's definitely a bit of a key to unlocking more of Marino's offensive potential for this season. I mean, the underlying numbers back him up in a big way this season as well. 
So far, he has a 2.66 points per 60. That is better than Crystal Tanks, which I explained a few moments ago. When Marino is also on the ice, the Penguins have 54% of those shot attempts. And then for the unblocked shot attempts, or aka Fenwick, 51% uh, of those when Marino is on the ice. His expected goals is a bit down this season, 41.6%, but it's still only through four games. But the fact that he's been on the ice for a lot of shot attempts this season shows that the Penguins are driving offense when he usually is on the ice. So yeah, Fiona, I guess this long-winded answer to summarize this, um, he has been awesome this season. It's a complete 180 from where he was last year. And we need to see more of this just because his contract is now kicked in. For In case those forgot... Six years, $4.4 million during that contract per season. He needs to play like this if he wants to live up to that contract. And I even said coming into the season, he was going to be one of the biggest X factors for this team because if he gets back to that rookie level that we saw, um, it's going to make their defensive corps even that much more formidable. Jackson Hollister says, when Crosby comes back, would you keep Heinen with Carter on the second line and move Captain up with Sid to see if that sparks a little bit for Captain? That's a great question. You know, thank you for asking me that. Um, I, I think I would, you know, Kapanen really needs to get going. It's not working while he's been playing with Evan Rodriguez and Jason Zucker. And, you know, I think Zucker is a good player and I'm fine with Rodriguez being in the lineup, but when he's centering someone like Kasperi Kapanen, he's not going to get the feeds that he's going to get from someone like Crosby or Malkin. So yeah, Jackson, I think I would put Kapanen up there. I mean, why not? I mean, he's definitely been one of the more disappointing players to start the season. If I had to do like a stock up or stock down segment for the show, Captain would squarely be in my stock down segment just because he is not living up to what we saw in the preseason and training camp where he was, you know, knifing through guys left and right, finishing his chances, getting a lot of chances overall because this season, um, he just, the puck keeps bouncing off his stick a lot. He's not, his shots are not going on net. It's just been really weird to see from him so far this season. And I think at some point you may put Heinen up with Sid. I know Doug Glackey of the Forechecking TV has been wanting that to happen. But when Sid comes back, you really have nothing to lose by putting Kapanen up there. Brian Rust is still out and is going to be week to week for however long that's going to be. Um, I think Gensel Crosby Kapanen could and should work in the short term while also, you know, doing Danton Heinen with Jeff Carter and whoever else you want to put on that line, you know, maybe Jason Zucker or something like that. So you can leave the Aston Reese Bluger McGinn line alone and then have Drew O'Connor with Brian Boyle and what, you know, Dominic Simone or something like that. But yes, I definitely agree. Thank you for asking that, Jackson. Um, I think Kapanen needs a change of line, and he needs to be playing with higher talent to get the most out of them. You know, you saw what happened last season when he was with Malkin, right? 10 goals, 30 points in 40 games. A lot of that had to do while playing with a superstar center. Yes, I know his shooting percentage was high at 16.2%. But that's what happens when you're finishing your chances that you're given by a superstar center. So I really hope that Mike Sullivan does do that because we were seeing it, I think, experimented a little bit last season as well before they ultimately went with Kapanen and Gino. And I think you'll probably see that once uh, Malkin comes back in December as well. Um, Ethan of Locked On Pirates asked, do you think Jari will continue to build confidence throughout the season and keep improving and leave last season behind? I mean, I hope so. You know, it, four games in, he's been one of the best goaltenders in the league. I think if the Vesna were to be handed out after the first week of the season, he would be a Vesna candidate. Now, let's see how he does for the next week. Let's see how he does for the next month. But um, 
I definitely think that he does have a lot of confidence right now. It looks like he has a little bit of a swagger to his game. He's a lot bigger in the net. He's coming out further to challenge shooters. I know he probably played a little too deep in net last night with that Radulov chance in the shootout, even though that move was just sexy as hell. But I do think you will continue to see him build more confidence. It really looks like he's developed a relationship with Andy Kyoto. It looks like it's been building for quite some time now. So to definitely answer your question, yes, I think he will continue to build confidence throughout the season. And I hope that more people in the fan base, you know, start to get back on his side a little bit. And, you know, there's not going to be a playoff redemption for this guy overnight. He's going to have to prove it throughout the rest of the regular season and in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Right now, it's been a good start. And I think he is going to continue that for the rest of the year. You know, the, the biggest question mark, obviously, was goaltending for this team. Um, but so far, it has been anything but a question mark uh, to start this season. Alan Teodor says, um, if it was up to you, this is, I love this question, Alan. Thank you for asking me this. Would you keep the Metallica music that they take the ice to, or would you change it to something else like any of the other theme songs or any other song? Yes, You Are Right is a Metallica song. It is called Seek and Destroy. I only really know that because I'm a huge rock fan. I've been to so many rock concerts through my life. Metallica is one of the ones that I have not been to. And, you know, Enter Sandman is also the entrance that Virginia Tech comes out to. But, you know, I also don't think Enter Sandman is Metallica's best song. Anyways, to answer your question, I do think they should keep the Seek and Destroy song because it gets you really pumped up. I mean, you hear that guitar rift. It is just, it's awesome, man. And then at the end of that riff, they do the all right, and then it goes right into the little chorus a little bit with the drums and the guitar. It just gets you really pumped up. So, yes, Alan, I think they should keep that for an eternity. I know some people have also been asking for the Penguins to change the goal song from Party Hard to Party on Fifth Avenue. You might as well just do Party Hard for the goal song and then Party on Fifth Avenue for when they win the game. I mean, I think that's just too easy right there. I don't really think Party on Fifth Avenue would be that good of a goal song. I'm sorry to say I would keep Party Hard. But overall, Island, yes, I, I believe they should keep that song. I don't really know what other song you could sh- change it to that would get you just as hyped up as Seek and Destroy does. But yes, please keep that song going. Um, whenever there's a playoff game going, I'll always probably play that song five to six times for the game and then i'm just ready to run through a wall um, at this point to say the least and finally true north Penn fam says i want your thoughts on how things will work out lineup wise when crosby comes back i think that second line needs carter but what to do about the fourth line yeah so you know i just t- i just touched on that a little bit from jackson's question um but i definitely think man that they need to put captain up there with sid have gensel crosby captain in if you want to do Carter with Heinen and Zucker, that could work as a top six line. And remember, this is until Brian Russ comes back. Obviously, one of these players will slide down to the bottom six. I think maybe they'll go Zucker with Carter and Russ to round out the top six. I think that will be a pretty interesting line. And then you could have Heinen on your third line with whoever you want. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, so when Brian Russ comes back, which and it's probably going to be before Evgeny Malkin, what I would do... Gensel, Crosby, Kapanen, Zucker with Carter and Rust, Aston Reese, Bluger, and McGinn, and then Heinen on your fourth line. Man, this is tough because they have so many good forwards down there, but definitely Denton Heinen down there. I think they'll probably ice Brian Boyle and then one of Drew O'Connor 
or Dominic Simone. I don't really care which one is in the lineup. I think both of them deserve to play. I think I would probably lean Simone over O'Connor right now, even though I do think O'Connor should be in this lineup on an every-night basis. I just, I really love what Simone is bringing to the team as well. And then I would have Rodriguez on the bench and then the loser of those other two players that I just mentioned. So that's how I think the lineup would probably shake out once Crosby and Rust come back. They're going to have some really tough decisions, to say the least. I mean, especially also when Malkin comes back in December, it's going to make it even tougher to figure out what to do just because this team is not even just 13 forwards deep, everyone. They are 14 to 15 forwards deep. You know what you're going to get with your defense. That's not going to change, I don't think. And then the goaltenders, obviously, you know, DeSmith and Jari. But I definitely know there's going to be some really tough decisions for Mike once this eventually starts. Again, I want to thank every one of you for sending in a mailbag question today. I really appreciate it. It was just something that I really hadn't done in a long time, so I wanted to bring you all into the show a little bit, and I definitely plan to do more of these more often. Before we do get to our next segment, which will consist of some practice notes from today, BetOnline is back and better than ever. There's a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and there's more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season, you can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins to wrap the show up. Oh. One thing I did want to bring up as well, I would be an idiot not to bring this up. Uh, so the Penguin sellout streak ended last night, 14 amazing years of sellout after sellout. And remember, you know, a sellout doesn't mean that every seat is filled. It just means that every ticket has been purchased. But, you know, there's just a lot of factors that led to this happening. I mean, obviously, number one is the COVID-19 pandemic. That was always going to be the biggest factor. But I think another big thing, the Penguins didn't make a lot of moves this offseason. So I think some people weren't as excited about them. And also, you know, when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are both not there to start the season. I think that's going to drive some people those way as well. But still last night, over 16,000 people at PBG Paints Arena. It was rocking pretty good from what I could tell while watching on ESPN+. Plus. You know, there were some diehard hockey fans that showed up last night. And this will, I will always say, you know, the Penguins fans are the best fans in hockey, especially during that 14-year sellout streak. And this was a really funny tweet from Seth Rohrabaugh. Marc-Andre Fleury was in net for the first game of the Penguin sellout streak in 2007, and then the last game of the sellout streak for the Chicago Blackhawks. And he also gave up four goals in each game. So back in 2007, 24 saves on 28 shots, 857 save percentage. The Penguins got the win in that game, but then in this one against the Blackhawks, six saves on 10 shots, 600 save percentage, gave up four goals in his Blackhawks loss. So that is a really cool nugget I wanted to share with you all that Seth put on his Twitter. But it's just, that's just the nature of where we're at now. You know, I think also some people don't want to go to indoor events yet just because they still think it's a bit soon with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I understand, you know, there's still a lot of people in the world, especially in this country that are not vaccinated against this virus for whatever reason. Again, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole terrain on that. I've done that on my Twitter numerous times. You all, you all come here for hockey content. But I think that is a deciding factor for some people is that, you know, you know they don't want to go to an indoor sporting event um, where a lot of people are not wearing masks and they're not vaccinated. 
So hopefully the Penguins can start a new sellout streak here pretty soon, but I wanted to bring that up as we end today's episode. Also, for a little bit of practice notes, Sidney Crosby did not practice today, but according to Todd Reardon, it was a pre-scheduled day off from skating. Mark Freeman is still working through his injury, and they also, the team ended the practice session with a shootout, and Dom Simone and probably Casey DeSmith will be sporting mustaches after the drills. It looks like they lost, according to Marcus Pedersen. That is some great content. I had to share that to end this episode. Remember, the Penguins will be off Tonight, Thursday, and Friday, they will play their next game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday as they continue this eight-game homestand, which is something unheard of in this city. They, they don't think they've ever gone, you know, five games with a homestand in a very long time. I appreciate you all listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. They really didn't do too much with drills, with line combinations or defensive pairs or everything. It was just mainly working on face-off, shootout, you know, three-on-three, that kind of jazz. We'll be back at practice, I'm sure, tomorrow, and we'll have another episode for you all tomorrow. So stick around for that. Hope you all have a great rest of your day.